It takes a lot to turn an idea into a business. Yahoo Small Business has everything you need to start and grow your business. Get online for free. Visit www.yahoosmallbusiness.com. It takes a lot to turn an idea into a business. Yahoo Small Business has everything you need to start and grow your business. Get online for free. Visit www.yahoosmallbusiness.com. Talking Single is a podcast featuring three strong women raised between Lagos and London, but we all live in London. We talk about life, love, and everything in between, challenging stereotypes and questioning what it means to be a woman navigating life today. Our podcast is called Talking Single simply because it's what we do and who we are. Enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of our podcast, Talking Single where we talk about life, love, and everything in between. I'm Rebe, your optimistic but cautious romantic. And with me, as usual, are my girls, Crystal and Keisha. Hey, ladies. Hey. Hey, hi, unromantic people. <laughs> <laughs> How are you ladies doing today? I'm good. good. You? I'm good, I'm good. Nice one. So, today... I'm really excited. We're going to be talking about all things money. It's another hot topic. We will talk about our approach to money, how we have managed money over time, what happens when money and love collide, Mm -hmm. what happens when money and friendships mix, those Mm -hmm. myths that people have about women and money, our biggest money lesson so far. There is so much to cover. A lot. Oh, wow. That's so interesting. Yeah. Mm. Absolutely. So let's get into it. When I think about my approach to money, I guess I am conservative with what I call impulsive tendencies. And, and what I mean by that is I'm, I'm quite good. I will save, I will spend a bit. And then at the end of the month, I try not to have any debt. But then all of a sudden, I will see that dress or those shoes or that watch. And somehow, somehow that money just leaves my, my pocket. Um, and I'll splurge on something that wasn't in the plan. But overall, I, I think I am fairly disciplined. So, Crystal, let me start with you. What is your approach to money? Um, I think kind of similar to you. I'm fairly disciplined. I make sure I don't have any debts. I pay off my credit card at the end of the month every time. I have savings and I also have investment savings as well so I try to save for the future save for things I want that are nice in the future but not way in the future and then yeah sometimes I'll spend money on something mostly holidays (laughs) expensive (laughs) holidays are my thing um, so Keisha, what's your approach? Mm. So I, I think I'm extremely disciplined in money, but in a very disorganized way. Um, I don't exactly save money, but I do try and always leave a little bit of money left in my account. I operate only one main bank account and a sort of um, side business account. Um, I I always make sure that... The, um, I have money for the essentials, which are, you know, bills, mortgage and things like that. Um, And I, but I do 
always say, and I've been doing this since my sort of late twenties, I refuse to have an entertainment budget. So if there's a show or something I want to see, I always make it happen. Um, even if I have to beg, borrow or steal, because it tends to balance out. Um, but yeah, that's my approach. But that said, I, I, I started my financial savviness quite early. So it's been good. I guess we'll get into it later on. Yeah, mm. interesting. Um, so I think we're all kind of, we, we all have kind of an approach with our money. Um, so Keisha, let me ask you, because you're like, you said you started your, your, your kind of savings quite early. How do you think the way we, women are, being, are raised um, impacts how they manage money? And do you think it's changed from when we were growing up? Do you think there is a change in terms of how women are told or taught how to manage money? I was never really taught to manage money. I learned mm. to manage money from friends and colleagues. I actually don't think women are taught to manage money. Mm. Um, not within your family home. Yeah. Mm. I think you actually, there's skills that you learn outside your home. And luckily I sort of, I'm friends with a really good group of girls who understand money. So even the first time I started working, I started doing this um, Nigerian or Yoruba thing called Ajo whereby you all put money into a central pot and each person takes the money and spends it on something. And, right. you know, that's how I was able to buy my first asset. And, you know, from there, that's what made me understand that when you pull money together or save money, you're able to achieve um, good results. Um, I don't know. What, what about you, Crystal? I mean, were um, you taught to manage money? No, but I think we do subconsciously watch our parents and i don't know if that kind of affects the way we manage our money but yeah i wasn't taught how to manage my money and like you keisha everything i learned was from friends or colleagues like I have some very financially savvy friends who are into investment and they're always willing to let you know what's the new thing, where you need to invest and that. But yeah, totally. I was never taught by my parents, like this is what you need to do and this is what you need to do. But I do um, remember that my mom did do the agile thing with some friends, she would put, uh, save yeah. money and then each person would collect it. Um, another thing I wanted to say was that um, maybe women feel like they don't, or parents feel like they don't need to teach their girl child how to save money because they believe that a man will end up looking after her mm. but that's just a thought that occurred I, I don't think her. so my my I don't think my other siblings male or female were taught either okay. I think my, my in fact my brother got into some money scrapes um so he definitely wasn't taught mm. and okay. I think you're very right we do pick up a lot from our parents but in my yeah. case both my parents were proper spendthrifts, you know, which is the Nigerian way. Money mm -hmm. comes in, it goes out on so-called responsibilities that aren't really real responsibilities, <laughs> but the money just seems to flow out anyway. So yeah, mm -hmm. definitely wasn't taught in my household anyway. Oh, I guess mine was, um, I, I'm really cool with what you guys said. I, I just say, you know, I know that my mom was kind of super organized with money. 
like she had a budget every month she had the savings every month we knew what was she knew what was going in what was coming out um i wouldn't say she trained me but more to what you were saying crystal is that i observed how disciplined she was with money um and i think yeah i kind of tried to emulate that from her but anyway quite interesting Let, let's move on let's talk about as women now growing up um we, we 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 all have our kind of our approaches with money and then we get into relationship and then love gets involved i was reading this study which i thought was really interesting that found that over 50 percent of women leave the financial decisions to their male partners and this is regardless of their age or race it's just this is just what happens and i was quite surprised that so many women would do this i mean does, does it surprise either of you um yes and no yeah i know of women who are the ones who are in control of the money in the house or not a lot though i wouldn't say a lot but then i also know of women who allow the men to take control of the money i i found that most times the guy tends to make the final decision on money, even if the woman is the breadwinner. And I think mm. it's a very cultural thing based on sort of my Yorubas in Nigeria. I don't know about the other tribes, but the man tends to make the money decisions. Um, I'm hoping that's changing, but that's what I've seen so far. Yeah. Mm. That, that's quite interesting and, and we will talk a little bit about that in a, in a minute but one of the things that i also read was that couples who talk about money on the regular end up being happier than those who don't seems obvious yeah. but let me ask you could either of you talk to your ex about money uh, and would you ever do so in the future keisha let me start with you i would love to because i i think how somebody spends money is a reflection of themselves mm. so it's the first thing i'd like to get into because if the person's a spendthrift then obviously we need to keep separate accounts mm. and have a joint one together if the person has the same risk profile and financial goals of me then we can just pull our money together in the same account and work that way but you won't know these things until you observe them and how they spend money and also until you have the discussions just to understand okay so why did you feel you needed to buy that or are you investing are you saving you know how do you work with your money because i i have to say i i i myself as i said i'm disciplined with money but it, you know in a very haphazard disorganized way so mm. it may look like i'm not doing anything but i do actually have my ducks in a row so some people might not understand that unless i actually explain the steps and the things i've you know done so sure. it's important to talk about it um, i mean what do you think crystal so yeah i agree with you it's very important especially if you think your relationship is going somewhere and adding to um what you read um Ruby, um the number one thing that breaks up relationships and marriage is not cheating actually really? it's finances ah. yeah, finances mm. so need to have that discussion you need to know if the person is broke if they're good with their money mm. or if they if they have other financial decisions that they're making at the moment that could affect your relationship true but where i disagree 
with Keisha is for me, I don't care how good you are with your money. We can have a pot for both of us to put money in, but we're also having separate bank accounts. Fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. I guess, is is that based on prior experience or you just feel? I just feel that we I should be able to have ownership of some of my money. Mm. Yeah, Yeah, I get that. And I I would probably go with that approach as well, that there should be a joined pot, but then you should also have, you know, your own money that you can do your own thing with. Um, Not because I don't trust him or he's good or bad with money, but just because we are still individuals to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. Mm, so, okay. so let me ask us this. So let's say you meet a guy, um, even though some of us are not dating, but let's assume we did for the purposes of today. You meet a guy, you start dating. At what point would you discuss finances? Some say if you start too early, then it's too much. It's too heavy to bring into the conversation. And some say if you wait till it's too late, you've wasted, you could have potentially wasted your time because it's too much of a, a spendthrift. So Crystal, when is the right time? To be honest, I'm not sure, but I think in the early stages of the relationship, Mm. you can observe how a person is spending money Mm -hmm. and ask the right questions at that time. Mm. Um, But I think if you're moving in together, planning to get married, you should definitely have a conversation about your finances like okay so are you in debt do you have a mortgage Mm. how are we going to spend our money because you're going to be living together yeah yeah so i guess in the early stages of the relationship you can kind of gauge and maybe just ask some questions that aren't too obvious i guess yeah what do you think keisha um I think you you need time to actually observe how they spend money because I'm not going to open a financial account with your share my finances with you until I've gotten to know you better. Mm. And I think we're talking probably a good six months down the line, actually, before that conversation comes up. That's Mm. because I think a lot of it comes from just simply observing you and seeing how you do things and just asking general questions, not like big financial questions such as, you know, um, are you interested in buying a joint house um do you do you invest for the family you know that kind of thing mm-hmm. you know what's in your pension pot you know I, I wouldn't ask those questions i think by simply seeing what you spend your money on what you consider is an asset or a liability um you know what you consider is an essential expense and not that alone gives me an indication of how you spend money. Do you have debts? Do you own a home? Mm. Um, do you pay your mortgages on time? How many credit cards do you have? All those yeah. come from sort of observing the person. And w- within six months, I'll get a good profile of what you do and how you do it before I start, you know, asking the really heavy hitting questions. Um, I think, yeah. And, that, and then at that time, I'd have gotten to know you better also, I think. Yeah. What about you, Ruby? So I don't know that I would wait six months to figure this guy out. I think there are some Mm. things I want to know off the bat that would make me say, yeah, this guy is someone that I could pursue something with, or there are some non-negotiables that I just want to, you know, avoid. And I think it also depends on 
how old you are because I think in my 20s I would say yeah give it six months why not and you know as you get closer to your 30s and your 40s I think you've got less time to 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 give six months or to invest six months in something that you could potentially be kind of calling out much more clearly and I think the older you are, the less time you have to kind of invest in somebody. I think we, it's better to be direct. Um, mm. Speaking of which, we were talking about the questions we would ask. So let me, let, me, let me find out from you guys. What would be your three questions um, that you are having, that you're asking this guy to know whether he's good or bad with money? It could be based on observations, but these are the questions that you will, he will answer that you would say, hmm, this is not a keeper or actually, yes, this is a keeper. So let me start with you, Crystal. Um, sorry, let me start with you, Keisha. What would you, what would be your questions? So I, I think I've mentioned it already. I'd like to know if you're sort of building a pension and maintaining it. Um, if you put money aside to, you know, build your future finances, if you own a home and if you're paying your mortgage regularly, or if you have sort of outstanding debts or, any CCJs and things like that against your name. Those would be my questions. And I think those are quite intrusive questions, which is why I'd sort of wait a while before I ask. Mm. Yeah, I mean, Crystal? Yeah. yeah, I think you're right. They are intrusive questions. You can't be asking someone who you're not sure where the relationship is going. But if you're sure that this relationship is heading in the right dire direction, then you should definitely ask questions like, do you have any debts? Because if he's got debts and your money is going to be tied in with this person's money, then his debts become your debts, right? Yep. So exactly. You've got to ask those questions. Yeah. Do you, do you have any savings? That's important. I think those are, the first two I would ask if he has debts, if he has savings. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Ribby, what would you ask? I'm with you. I'd ask exactly what you guys are asking. But I think for me though is, I don't know that I would wait that long. Mm. I don't know that I would wait that long to ask that question. You know, I know it's intrusive, but I mean, if you think about the questions that we, you do, maybe not a first day question. These are not, first date questions these are probably not even second date questions or they're probably third. third or fourth date questions mm -hmm. fourth. i'm telling you because third like okay if i look at your questions now you're saying that um do you have debt you know mm. or, or maybe maybe not the debt question but you know how do you you know how how do you take care of your do you invest do you mm -hmm. have property or are mm. you renting i mean that for me is already a sign as to how good the guy is with his money so that's already telling me something. So for example, like I would ask, do you own your own house? And if you don't, I beg, I don't want no scrub. We're not going well, anywhere. Oh, yeah. wow. Do you own or do you, uh, do you have a mortgage on the house? There's a mortgage difference between is fine. I mean, okay. if you have a mortgage, then for me, you own your own house. But if you're renting okay. a room with friends, I'm sorry. There is nothing oh, wow. to discuss. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Look, wow. if I was in my 20s, it's a different thing. I don't want to reveal my age, but I'm sorry. You know, at a particular <laughs> point in your life, you should have something to show for it. Now, there are, of course, exceptions. Don't get me wrong. There are exceptions. Stuff happened to people. And that I will understand. But if, you, if nothing happened to you, you weren't kind of struck by bad luck, you know, 
you have a good job, you know, and you're, <laughs> the worst is if you're driving around in a Porsche or, a, you know, BMW, and then you're shacking up with friends on their sofa. Mm. You know what, I just realized, that's not a bad question, because in the UK, in order to get a home, all you have to do is hold a job for six months and have some savings, because you don't necessarily even need to buy in London. You can buy outside London for, what, 100 grand, which Mm -hmm. the deposit is lower. So it's actually, it's not an unreasonable expectation. But however, what if the person tells you that they've, the reason why they don't have a house and they're sharing with an unsweetened canary wharf or something which you know is very expensive anyway because they've got a million bucks somewhere that they want to buy you know some fuck off house in um you know in you know in in one canada square or something i mean there are people like that but then he's got a plan then right yeah i'm not just i'm not i'm not saying that if you don't there are people who've been struck like i said by bad luck or they have a plan or this. And and I'm all for that. You know, there are people that are investing all their money in a business. And for Mm. that reason, they are renting. That I get, I get. I'm just saying, if you don't have any plans at all, you know, you don't have any alternatives, you know, but, and and you're comfortable having a room in a place and you're like, oh, well, you know, I'm not, I don't want that in my life. That's what I mean. I, I have friends who didn't buy a house until they met their partners because it's so difficult to friggin buy get a mortgage as a single person it isn't you're though. not earning it isn't loads though. and loads of money it isn't though for you it's no it's location 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 you yeah. there are houses in the uk for 40 grand location and you yeah, can but why would you London. want to buy a house you're not gonna live in? You live in it and you commute to London. A lot of people, there are people buying houses well, in their 20s. People don't want to live that kind of life though. But still, I think the point is, for, for someone like that who is working towards, I want to buy a property, I'm waiting to meet the right person, we'll do it together. Mm-hmm. That person still has a plan. Okay, okay fair enough. Okay, I may enough, or may not enough. agree with that, but that okay, person has a plan. Okay, that's fine. So what I'm saying is, for me, certainly, you know, when you're hitting your late 30s, call me superficial, but well, when you're hitting your late 30s, early 40s, come on, you know, if you mm. don't have a reason why you've not gotten your shit together, then I don't, then that, that's just a big, big alarm for me, you know, it's just a big alarm. Anyway, we, we, we have varying views on this, but it's, it's okay. Let's, mm. let's then figure out if having a house is not necessarily a deal breaker crystal what would be a deal breaker for you what would be a financial Um, deal breaker someone who's way over their head in debt Mm. Um, i can't do i can't deal with that because that's your problem don't bring me into that leave me out of it and also there's the there's the there's the thing about credit rating that if you tie your finances to somebody with bad credit your credit score takes a hit. And that's Mm. what a lot of people don't realize. If you open any joint financial instruments with somebody with bad credit, if you had like an 800 or 900 credit score, your credit score will take a hit, which affects your financial goals. You know, it affects, you know, you applying for a card or you open a new account. Which is why, like, tying yourself into a joint account with somebody is you really, really need to know what their finances are like and what their financial goals are. Because if the person, you know, pays their mortgage and has no debt, but is a gambler, 
there is a risk. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's why for me, asking those questions upfront at a reasonable time in the relationship is so critical. You can imagine you've been with somebody for six months, seven months, you now want to move in together. Then you have that conversation and then you find out that the guy has, I don't know how much, or like me, and this is a true story. This actually happened to me. I was dating mm. someone. I was in his house. He had gone out. Um, doorbell rings. I ordered something from Amazon, opened the door and it was um, bailiffs because he was paying ridiculous amounts of money and they were ready to come and take shit out of his house. That's that, mad. I'm, I'm telling you, when I, that was like, you know, a light bulb moment went off. Like wow. we've not, we did not, we've never had that conversation, but there was never any issues. So I assumed things were fine. But after that, oh, believe you me, we had that conversation, right? Mm. And, we, and yeah. it, we, we needed to do it. So anyway, I think... Uh, ish, we just need to be careful. Um, Keisha, what about you? What's your deal breaker? Um, you, literally, as I said, if you have um, bad credit, if you have debts, if you have um, county court judgments, you know, CCJs against your name, mm. that is a problem because the reason why I consider it to be a problem is because I, I know through, not my experience, but, you know, just a little bit of research, before you get to court, they would have been sending you letters, yeah. emails, calling you and giving you multiple opportunity to set up a payment plan or resolve the issue in some way. For it to get to the point where you have to go to court or bailiffs are at your door, you have been ignoring the issue, which mm. is a ring, alarm bells ring, because that means you, you just thought the pro you have a problem and you thought it would go away and you go away. Mm. Mm. That, that is a big red flag for me absolutely i think we all agreed on that one and you know yes. i love what you said you know keisha about you know tying yourself to somebody in a joint account without having that conversation is so important to talk about it and i and i think sometimes as women we talk about other stuff that's a difficult and uncomfortable one to talk about and it's often the last one we talk about but should mm. probably be discussed much earlier yeah, yeah. but moving on what about, and this is an interesting one, when women earn more than their partners? Apparently, a third of working women out-earn their husbands. So has anyone been in that situation? Um, Crystal, have you been in that situation? Um, I haven't, not that I know of. I haven't been in that situation, but I mean, if the guy, if I was in that situation, mm -hmm. if the guy has no debts, as we said, Mm. He's good with his money, mm. has savings. I'm, I'm, as long as he's fine with it and isn't feeling insecure that his woman, wife, girlfriend is earning more than he is, then it's fine with me. As long as it's fine with him, it's fine with me. I have dated guys in Nigeria who live who live in Nigeria and mm. it can be a, you know, life can be a bit hard in Nigeria and it can be annoying when they think you have a lot of money and are asking you for money. Yeah. That, but yeah. Mm. Mm. So Keisha, what do you think? Um, um, I mean, I've never actually personally been in that situation, yeah. but I do, I have seen 
situations where it works out fine. Mm. Um, as long as the woman doesn't have a big ego and the guy doesn't have a big ego and they talk about their finances, it works fine. I've also seen issues where the woman feels as if she's being um, taken advantage of and used. And sometimes that is true. I mean, yeah. I, I think it really just depends on the relationship. Mm. Um, it shouldn't be an issue, but obviously if people don't communicate about their finances, it, 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 it will be. And yeah, as with any other sort of issue in the relationship, that's, I think, the bottom line. It shouldn't be a big deal, though. Mm. Got you. Got you. Yeah. Okay, so let's move on to another type of relationship, friendships. So we know that money can ah, complicate... No, no, no. Ruby, you didn't answer the question about that. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% .9 of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Oh, for, for me. Um, so very, so I have been in a situation where I earned more. Um, and I guess the only thing for me was, I don't think I had an ego. Maybe I did. I don't think so. But what I did know was my ex very, felt very comfortable telling me what I could or could not spend my money on. So it was, I think he, he kind of felt like, well, I, I need to exert my authority over her in that regard because that's the only way I can kind of be a man. I don't know. So it really made things quite tense at certain points. You, mm -hmm. you really have to kind of ignore that kind of behavior or go out of your way to make them, him feel reassured. Um, and at some point, it was just too much work. So mm -hmm. I, it, it didn't work. So that's what I, mean, I can say. I Can I ask the... Was this, do you think, because maybe you hadn't had the discussion about finances, so you weren't on the same page, or do you think that was just his personality? Maybe? I think it was his personality, really. Okay. Um, Did you have the sorry? conversation? Did you guys have the conversation? Before we you did, but I, I don't think we had it early enough. And that's kind of why my perspective about when you have the conversation is so critical. Because, you know, as women, sometimes we, we don't think with our brains. We've yeah, fallen yeah. in love with the guy and we accept whatever he's saying and we think, oh, we can work it out. And it's not like he was terrible. Um, it's just that he just was not good with money. And then his ego was bruised when there were things he couldn't afford, but I could easily afford. And mm. I would never like in that situation have be tied up with him in any way because I don't want to affect my credit score, my rating and all of that. Yep, yep, yep. So it does, I think it does have a big impact on the relationship if it's not discussed and if there isn't a very clear way to deal with money when you are together absolutely yeah well let's move on okay um and talk about friendships um mm. we know that it can complicate uh it can be complicated by money and seemingly small things like how you split the restaurant bill after dinner can become drama who pays what who ordered what how do we split this bill so question for you Crystal, have you ever been pressured into spending more or less than you wanted to because you were on a holiday with your friends or at dinner with your friends or at an event with your friends? I don't think so, you know, because I feel like me and my friends are both in the same 
um, mental space when it comes to money, managing money, and we don't force each other to spend more than they more than they want to. I have never had that experience, but the whole splitting the bill thing is so much drama. <laughs> it's so much drama, and it. What I've observed is that whoever organized the gathering, if it's a big gathering, so mm. if it's someone's birthday, they end up paying most of it because oh. some people refuse to pay service charge. And I find that annoying. You know, there's some mm. people that be like, I'm Me too. not Me paying too. service charge. I'm like, what the hell? It's one pound. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> we're in a really big group. Yeah. And some people will pay for something they had or forget to pay for something they had or not pay service charge and be like, oh, I need to leave. I need to leave. Yeah. And, and other people have to foot the bills. So the, I hate that big gatherings splitting the bill yeah. it's all complicated i think but that that's the kind of drama but nothing to do with my close friends no mm. um keisha i mean so if it's a group of like close friends as you say like four people it tends not to be an issue because you're they're your friends you understand each other if you want to dig your heels in about something you laugh over it and you keep it moving yeah but you are right it's big gatherings that are a problem and what i've learned in the past is because i i don't really drink and you know alcohol can add a lot to the bill mm. so what i've found is i always keep a mental note of how much i've paid um on what i've ordered just so that you know if it's you know five pounds or so or ten pounds above that it's cool I won't mm. argue, but if it gets to be a lot more, then I'll be like, excuse me. <laughs> otherwise, you get home and you feel a bit cheated. Mm. Um, and I've noticed that a lot of restaurants in London now, they'll say, you know, do you want to split the bill? And each person goes up to the till and pays what yeah. they, you know, what did yeah. you order and pays what they ordered. And that just really simplifies things mm. for the restaurant to allow you to do that. Yeah. So, yeah, because otherwise, in a big gathering, especially for things like birthdays, you just need to... If it's a birthday, you need to mentally set your mind to you're doing this for the birthday girl, split yeah. the bill and take the hit. Yeah. But if it's so, let's all meet and have drinks. And then some people are ordering caviar and champagne while some people just want, you know, or a burger and chips. Then, you know, you're going to need to look out for yourself. Mm. So, where, yeah, when it comes to friendships, I think it really depends on how close you are to the people involved. If it's your close friends, it shouldn't be an issue. Um, and even if it is, you, you know the cheapskates amongst you and you make fun of them and just sort it out, you know? But in the big gathering, it is a problem. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what about you, um, Ruby? Have you had any issues in big gatherings or close friends or even in general about this? So very similar to what you said, you know, with my, with my friends, I think we know each other well enough to know who is going to be saying, oh yeah, bring your calculator. You had this one and you had that one. And the person that's going to say, do you know what, let's just divide it. And then the person that's going to like order everything or not, or not order everything. I think we know each other. So that's kind of not the issue for me personally. Um, so I, I think I'm fairly good with friends in the sense that they are all fairly sensible and we don't have issues. It's those big gatherings or those big work things or a, a trip with people that you may not 
really know that mm. those kinds of things can happen. But I try not to feel pressured. Um, I think you said, Akisha, when one is going out, I have a little bit of extra. Yeah. And I don't even, and I don't go beyond that extra. And that's yes. it. I set exactly. my mind to, this is what I'm going to spend. And I'm conscious about it. And that's it. And if I don't have the money, I don't go. It's as simple exactly. as that. If I don't yeah. have the money, I do, there's nobody I'm you know, showing off to. If I don't have the money, I will just apologize and I won't go. It's, it's like that. That's right. Rain check. Oh, I'm telling you. So, okay. So here's a, one more question before we move on. Okay. Would you tell a, a, a friend, close friend or something like that? Would you tell this friend if you saw them making unwise money decisions? So for example, you know that maybe they don't have a job, but they have, they're buying expensive things or, you know, would you, that's just one example. Would you mm -hmm. kind of say, friend, let me just have a word with you about this. Keisha, what do you think? Nah, never. Because, and I'll tell you why. I do actually have friends who shop and buy clothes and nice things, not compulsively, but as a sort of remedy, um, sort of um, pick me up. And we live in a country where you do have access to credit. And if I know you normally a good earner, you can't put, you know, if you blow, you know, if you buy a designer bag worth 250, if you get a job, I know you can pay that off. Um, you know, if you're shopping every weekend and spending money, I'm hoping that you're sensible enough to know when to stop. But I do realize that some people need that release. And honestly, if you need it, you just have to do it. Um, if I think it's, you know, overly extravagant, I might tease you like, you know, big bucks, you know, but I'm never going to tell you not to spend money. I, I really just, because I don't think the best way to manage money is to not spend it. You, you realize the value of man, money or finances only when you spend the money. So it, the money does nothing for you in your bank account. And, well, you spending know, just, money is just one example. It could be any other kind of unwise money choice. Oh. So maybe they are going after a bad investment or they're just like anything. Nospecto. You guys remember <laughs> Nospecto? Oh, wait, so Keisha, which one is a uh, Nospecto? Ah, so in Nigeria, like, I, I can't remember when, in, uh, you know, maybe 2010 or 2011, mm -hmm. there was this um, pyramid scheme called Nospecto. Huh. You know how it is where they'll tell you if you put, you know, um, um, money in, then mm. in one month, they'll give you this amount of money. Yeah. So you put your capital in like 100, and then depending on how much you put in, they'll give you 10,000 a month. And they'll keep giving you 10,000 a month. Then in 10 months, you'd have made back your 100,000, yet you know you'll still be getting money. So we all know in pyramid schemes, the, the earlier you get in on the ground floor, and then once you make your 100,000, maybe you make an extra 50,000, and then you get out of the scheme. But mm. what happens is when people start selling it higher up the chain, it takes longer for you to make the money. Because yeah. the amount of buying you need, you know, by then you start buying instead of 100,000, it becomes 450, it becomes a million, and you know, before you know it. So I guess a lot, you know, the bankers had been doing it early and they got out early, but the common man heard about it late and they were just saying, ah, I can put, you know, like a savings account with a better rate than the banks, you know, they put their money in it and the whole thing just collapsed and went bust because obviously they were borrowing from Peter to pay Paul. So, you know, that is so sheesh. That's exactly like, you know, but Hey, before we, you know, before we move forward, um, Crystal, um, back to, you know, our, question i mean if you had a friend making unwise money choices what what would you tell them or you know do you think it's your place to let to advise them 
it depends on how good a friend they are okay so if it's a really good friend i would advise them depending on what they're doing to be honest um also it, it depends on what they're doing because if it's something that maybe like you said like maybe buying clothes or buying expensive bags maybe not but if it's like something an investment that could ruin their lives then yes i'll be like don't do it also with with regards to buying clothes and expensive bags as long as you're not coming to borrow or ask me for money mm. that's, if you want to do that that's up to you that's okay. my view on that um ribby what are your views um so i think you answered it it really depends on um not necessarily the well, well yes to some extent the kind of how receptive I think that friend would be to hearing mm. such from me. Cause sometimes some people can be quite sensitive. Um, and also what I see her doing. So if she's, if I see maybe she doesn't have work and she's, she's spending money for me, I, I might actually say something. I know Kisha, you wouldn't, I would say something because I think you can get into more debt trouble. Um, if you're not working and you're spending, so I might say mm, something, okay. Um, but it really depends on this. But I, I'd be much more concerned about how would she receive what I'm trying to say to her? Because some people just don't want to hear it. And in that case, I'll respect, I'll respect her. And like you said, if she's not asking me for money, then okay, I might keep my peace. But I would probably want to, to say something. Can okay. I ask a quick question to both of you girls? Would you appreciate if you, you were spending money for whatever reason and somebody came to say to you, that like don't don't you know you need to slow down and don't spend so much money would you appreciate that advice from a friend i think with advice it's always how it's not what you say it's how you say it mm. okay fair enough yeah so if you're having a go at me i'll be like bitch is it your money <laughs> am i asking you for money you know <laughs> yeah. um but if you're like, you know, why don't you invest in this rather than that? Or why don't you do this? I would be very open to that. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm with you, uh, Crystal. It really depends on um, what's going on with me and how the advice is given. Um, I, I probably wouldn't even mind if it was like an encounter where four friends called me and said, look, this thing that you're doing is not good. We, we need you to stop it. We care about you. We want you to stop this thing. Mm. I, I may not even mind because that tells me that these guys are, are looking out for my interests. I may not enjoy the experience, but I wouldn't, you know, pull it out on my friends if they are watching out for me. I, I don't mind mm. necessarily. Mm. So okay. it, it kind of depends, you know, because I kind of feel like that's what you have, you know, close friends for. That's what you're there to do, to watch each other's back and kind of call people out when they're doing stuff that they shouldn't be doing. You have a friendship privilege that allows you to do that. I think okay. anyway. All right. Um, what about you, uh, Keisha? What would you, what, what's your, I, I would really, I love talking about money and finances. Mm -hmm. So I would really appreciate it. Any tips mm -hmm. 
um, yeah. you know, and I don't think I'd get angry even if you approached me the wrong way. Because mm. I love asking questions. So mm. I'd be like, oh, okay, why do you think so? What makes you think you can approach me? And then we'll take it from there. Mm. Yeah, okay. I, I'd love it. <laughs> okay, cool. Fine. Okay, so let's move on to this one. So did you guys know, um, you probably would know that when women retire, when we, we have less money than our male counterparts, right? And this, this is really due to the, the gender pay gap and also the fact that women tend to live longer than men. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I find that really sad, right? That we end up with less money. And despite that, you know, it's not because we don't know how to invest. We, we actually make better investment choices. And it's this, there is this myth that women need help when it comes to managing money. We, we talked about this earlier, about the kind of myths that pervade women. So I'm curious, when we think about the money myths and women that come to mind, what, is, what are the myths that you hear about? Um, Crystal, let me start with you. What are your, the myths that you hear about women and money? That you need a man to mm. boost you up and mm. help you make the money when mm. we know that there are a lot of women just making that money even maybe they do meet a man later on but before they met that man they're already millionaires billionaires mm. how about you Keisha? um i think one of the biggest myths is that women make bad um business choices yeah. um because they think emotionally and I think on the flip side, thinking emotionally means that you look at all angles um, and you are more empathetic with the customer. So, um, and, you know, so when it comes to managing business money, I think that emotion actually helps. Yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, I, I do think that you've already properly highlighted the major reason, which is the gender pay gap and that we live longer. Mm-hmm. Um, and that we don't actually get the senior roles. Um, and because we don't get the senior roles, we simply just don't earn as much. And, mm. you know, plus mm. we are also better savers. Um, women tend to save money better and more um, yeah. because we tend to think um, ahead. And I'm just, I'm not just spouting this, but I have read that somewhere. So, yeah. 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 I, I hear you. I know that one, one very similar to what you guys have said is this myth that women are afraid to take risks. And actually, um, we, what the data tells us is that women are much more risk aware um, and therefore less likely to panic. And, exactly. and, and as a result, they will build a portfolio that's much more diverse mm. um, and then they don't trade as often. So they're actually, we, women are actually much more uh, smart when it comes to money management. The, the reality is, is, as we said before, is that, women make less money and, and therefore they have less money to dedicate to savings or to investments. Um, and that's, that's the actual reality. So now that we are all grown women doing our thing, we've been talking about how we um, manage money, use money, how we deal with money. What would be your kind of two tips to anybody who's thinking about how do I make my money work better for me? You know, um, what what are they and if you want to also share what your money goals are that would be great so so Keisha let's start with you um so the first advice that I would um the top two tips I would give is 
start saving in your 20s and start thinking about your pension in your 20s because mm. once you get that fundamentally right the that trick that you can't spend everything you earn and that you have to live within your means everything else becomes a lot smoother and you can mm. reach your financial goals a lot easier um oh I, I think that's probably my only tip i can't think of any cool. get property get property get property and get it quickly. Don't think because, don't wait to get property. Don't assume that there's the best time to do it. House prices never remain static and your financial um, situation never gets as good as you think it will because the um, economy itself changes. So go to a mortgage advisor as soon as you get, within six months of getting your first job and go and ask them what is possible and take it from there learn the lessons they tell you they'll you know tell them what you want and they'll give you a reality check and then work towards that reality check get a property as soon almost as soon as you start working start asking the questions yeah those are my top two tips i mean what do you think crystal um so i agree with your first tip about saving i would definitely save and save long term and short term as well and then my second tip was something i read which i found really useful is having a pot for the for different things you want to spend your money on so the advice was to have four separate um pots so one for your bills one for to save and then one for, you know, whether you want to go out, you enjoy yourself. And then another one for, I think, what did she say? Uh, for if you have people that you give money to or mm. charities, or if you're someone who goes to church and pay your fights, then you mm. have another account for that. And I found that really helpful because at the end of the day, when you actually need to do those things, you don't have to think about it. You've got the money there. So I would say do that. When you say put the money in the pot, what does that mean? Is that like a virtual like say, pot thing? Yeah, so this money is for this purpose and this money is for that purpose. Yeah, so okay. just splitting it into four, I think, at most. Uh, four different things that you want to use your money for. Okay. And is that like a subset of your salary thing? Okay, let's say I have 100% here. I'm yeah. going to take 80% out of that. 10% or okay. 5% okay. I get it. or whatever. I get it. Yeah. Okay, that's a really good tip. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, Ruby, what's your tip? Um, I, I would agree with both of you. I think the, the one thing I would add... Because I think the point about savings um, and buying a house, certainly. I think the other thing that would, I would always say to anybody is, say, for example, you're much older, you didn't start saving early and all of that. What can you do? Well, I would say get a professional to kind of help you look at your plan. You know, a lot of the banks have these professionals that are there. They will have a look. They can help you with a savings plan, depending on your priorities and your goals. And they can help you with a budget anybody with a bank account should have access to this you utilize it use it it's free um, and then when you have your your plan um, and the first thing is if you have debt don't save get rid of that debt first mm. and then start to save 
and yeah. then revisit your plan and update it as you as you need to that's probably mm. uh, what i would really advise cool so we are almost out of time but just enough left for our usual quick fire round so ladies i've got questions for each of you um i'm going to start with uh keisha what is your biggest money spend regret my money spend regret i spent too much money on um food not you know not big grocery shops but living in the city you get used to buying a coffee here um buying a snack here buying lunch here buying dinner i mean if you're not careful you can literally eat two three meals outside your home every day just because it's convenient um and buy food chuck it in the fridge and not eat it and it goes bad and then you end up wasting it and i, I it's still something i struggle with today mm. and it's actually one of the best things about lockdown it's because it's made me really aware of what food I'm buying in the house and not to waste and things like that. And all those coffees and things, the shops are closed, so you can't even buy them. I've saved so much money simply not going to bloody coffee shops and restaurants to buy lunch and dinner. So I, I really hope that coming out of lockdown, I learned that lesson, but I know it's, once you go to work or go meet friends, I'm not going to go out the window, but I'm going to really try. <laughs> you know, I was thinking you were going to say something like, oh, I bought this really expensive xyz i know actually you know yeah. that's what i thought but actually i get it because you'll say oh it's a coffee or it's a it's a this by the time you add the amount over a year that's a substantial amount of money right it's, it's even more than add it in a month go check your bank statement for a month and do a cost of anything you've bought in um in any of the local supermarkets any restaurant any coffee shop and see what it adds up to because your food bill itself will come to a certain amount but the amount of money you're spending on coffees croissants sandwiches salads it's a fortune it really, wow. really is, and it really adds up. Okay, um, so I have to ask a follow-up, because I get that, but I want the juicy stuff. So, oh, okay. biggest money regrets, not continuous. I'm biggest not sure. regret. I don't think I... I'm, I, I, I became financially savvy quite early, as I said, in my 20s. So I, I, I've always never... I mean, okay, you know what? This is one money regret. I gave money to family and it's not a regret because i gave it to family so i just i never give more i learned not to give money that i expected back so i just gave it to them because i knew it made them happy and i kept it moving so it's not even a regret i don't really have money regrets so crystal question for you what's the most frivolous purchase that you are still happy you bought it was frivolous but you're like whatever i bought it frivolous Oh, I don't have a frivolous purchase. <laughs> really? But I don't. I think, I think Ruby's going to give us an interesting answer, maybe. What's that? I hope. I remember um, about a year ago, I left my job and I was kind of really fed up with stuff. I just went to go and buy a Burberry bag and I was like, whatever you know i'm going to enjoy myself even though i don't know where my next meal is coming from i'm buying this bag and i still have the bag so that was probably one of my mo more frivolous maybe not the most but one of my more frivolous 
purchases at that but point. But did you regret time. it though? I'm sure you didn't regret it. But the question is not about regret, it's about what you are it's happy It's about with. happy. I, ha I remember now one that I did. Yeah. I bought some sunglasses mm -hmm. for 250 pounds. Nothing wrong with that. At the airport, <laughs> I was going on holiday. Yeah. It was at the airport. It was with our friend Rashida. Oh, okay. At the airport, and I saw them. I tried them on. I was like, I love these, so mm. I got them. Yeah, and then I lost them. Ooh. What? Yeah. Oh. I lost okay. Them in Mexico. Okay. Oh, well, whoever is wearing them is probably praising your name right now, saying thank you, lady. <laughs> awesome. Well, ladies, I think we are out of time, but it's been such a good talk today, don't you think? Yes, it has. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. Great so, questions. Oh, hey, yeah. thank you, thank you. Anyway, and on that note, we are out. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Talking Single Podcast. Want to continue the conversation? Then follow us on Instagram with the handle at Single Talks Podcast. Tag us on any post with the hashtag Single Talks. And trust us, we will look at every post you send. Then head over to our website, singletalkspodcast.com, where you can find all our podcast episodes. We are also downloadable on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and other podcast platforms. Don't forget to leave us a review. You can also email us at singletalkspodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to have your comments, questions, or even future topics to cover. Till next time, take care. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% .9 of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. If you have thyroid eye disease and you go through artificial tears in the blink of an eye, it might be time to discover another treatment option. To learn more, visit TreatMyTed.com. That's TreatMyTed.com.